0: Let us bow our heads in prayer, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed as before, all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction covetousness, ignorance, all of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And so stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation. And may they rejoice before your countenance, Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and allow us to find your holy countenance. I present this service into your divine arms. Guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated.
1: The
0: place of Scripture... Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, a letter of Apostle Paul. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. We know that this is taken, and then this verse comes after that revolution where it says, As we have faith and accepted, God gave to our pastor. in order to prepare His saints to meet with Him. And I am very joyful and I consider myself blissful that I can be a part of this in a format of a testimony to express this word and these truths of Holy Scripture. We have already talked about how before we are able to imitate God as His dear children, we are called to set aside our former way of life, the old man, and then to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, and then we can be clothed and put on the new man. And not having fulfilled these actions, these revelations, then we do not have the opportunity to move forward or to even come close to what we will talk about today. But I believe that we have already done this. In our majority, we have set aside the former way of life of our old man. We have renewed our thinking with the spirit of our mind and we are clothed into the new man. Studying the clothing of ourselves into the new man, we discovered this process in seven components, each of which which finds its expression and definition in Scripture. When we see the number seven, this always points to a fullness. There could be five points, ten points, fifteen but the number seven points to a fullness. We know that God will include His fullness in this word and will fulfill this, fulfill us through this revelation with His fullness. Because the Church is the fullness that fills all in all. And God will lead her to perfection and fulfill this through certain revelations that are contained in the number seven. The These points could be more or less. This doesn't have a great meaning. The importance is the definition, the meaning contained in this revelation. We've talked about how a person who is clothed in a garment pure and bright is a person who was is first clothed with the garments of salvation, arrayed in a robe of righteousness, adorned, his head adorned as a priest, as a bridegroom, as a bride adorned with jewels, clothed in wedding garments, clothed in linen, clean and bright, and accepting the representative power of Yahweh of hosts. We are continuing to dwell and abide in and circulate the second point, what it means to be clothed in the garments of righteousness, what this means, in fact. The dignity of the new man Expressed in the garments of a bridegroom and bride of the lamb as the dignity of a king, priest and prophet, and these are in the garments of, of the bride. For God to clothe a person in the garments of righteousness, he has to fill the conditions of discipleship expressed in active humility. The place of scripture, first Peter chapter five, verse five. Likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you must be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So, disciples of Christ, the position of discipleship, a person who desires to be taught, who searches for humility, God offers a condition. You will find this opportunity and this ability to humble your wisdom or your mind having been found in the order of God, in the Church of God, that highlights His order. The ability to know the mind of the Lord in order to su- to judge His intentions, and then in this manner be clothed into the new man in the subject of garments of righteousness, is containing the ability and the opportunity to know the ways of the Lord in cooperation with His mercy and His truth. According to Scripture, we are called to know the mind of the Lord, And in this way, through the knowledge that God reveals through His paths, we have the opportunity to be clothed into our new man. Here, this word, our own, I want to place your attention to this. I cannot help you in this and you can help me in this. This has to be my fruit. My new man. I accept the seed. I grow it. And then I am able to be clothed into this truth, into this revelation, and into this new man who is according to the image of him who created him. I can be clothed in him as a fruit as as fruit. Therefore each of us concentrates on their inner inner man because from there we will have the opportunity to be clothed and no one is able to do it for us. Sometimes they say, I'll come to Pastor, he'll pray and God is going to help me people think. Well God will help you for you to be begin to grow this in yourself. This will be the help of the Lord. Yes, Pastor will pray. Saints will bless you. I will be blessed. I endure some kind of comfort but if I do not am I not if I'm not focused on, on growing this fruit in my essence, then I won't be able to be clothed in it. and this will perhaps become a portion of my brother, my wife, another person, another holy person. And then when the rapture will come, one is taken the other one is left. Because that one that is left was called to be clothed in the garments of righteousness, but was not. Psalms 85 verses 11 through 14 Mercy and truth have met together, righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before Him, and shall make His footsteps our pathway. It is these two virtues in the subject of divine mercy and truth that yield the paths of the Lord they are the fundamental discipline and standard according to which are called to flow the relationships of cooperation of the chosen remnant of God with God and God with his chosen remnant Hosea chapter 14 verses 6 through 10 says I will be like the dew to Israel he shall grow like the lily and lengthen his roots like Lebanon His branches shall spread, his beauty shall be like an olive tree, and his fragrance like Lebanon. Those who dwell under his shadow shall return, they shall be revived like grain, and grow like a vine. Their scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon. What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard and observed him. I'm like a green cypress tree, says Isaiah. Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them, for the ways of the Lord are right, the righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. According to these words, it follows that the paths of the Lord that are shown in the cooperation of his mercy and truth are the ways of righteousness and justice upon which God conducts his judgments and reveals his retribution. Know the ways of, By knowing the ways of the Lord, we will participate in the judgments of God, which is the honor of all the saints, because of which the righteous are given the right and the powers to walk along these paths in order to fulfill the judgments or the justice of the Lord, whereas the transgressors fall on these paths because they stumble on the discipline of curse and blessing, which yield the justice of the Lord on the, His ways of mercy and truth. As it is written, Psalms 95, verses 10 through 11, for 40 years I was grieved with that generation, says the Lord. It's a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. We remember how the Lord had sworn he said to Moses. This was his discussion with Moses and Moses in these paths. He had passed along the wisdom of of the heart of God to the people. The Lord swore in His wrath and He said all of those who had grumbled and who went astray not one of them will enter because they do not know my ways. And I swore that they would not enter my rest. So this person will not be a partaker of the covenant of peace or the covenant of rest. In fact, the image of the cooperation of mercy that has come from heaven to truth that comes from the ground is the image of the cooperation of the faith of God and the dissolving of the faith of God in the heart with the faith of man expressed in obedience to the faith of God. As we hear all the time that the faith of God is the commander, it's the representative, it's the generalismus, it's the main person in the army, whereas the faith of man is a soldier, The soldier that must obey himself and submit himself to the word. You know, we must make this decision deep in our hearts when we don't have, uh, when our emotions are, I don't, when we say, I don't feel like I need to do this or I don't feel like I want to do this. I must simply submit myself. Do you remember that uh, prob- the parable of the two sons? When the father says, go and go work in my vineyard, he's, one says, I will go. Then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, he loses these feelings of, des- of desire to work. And he says, I'm going to waste my time. I'm going to go work. And he went off. The other son, the Lord says to him, go and he showed his stiff neck. When we discover that we have a stiff neck, we don't need to be scared, we need to humble it with certain actions. I will stand and go, and I will fulfill, and whether I want to or not, I will do so and it says that this son he had thought deep within his heart and he had repented in his stiffness and he went and did it and Christ asked who fulfilled the will of the father the will of the father I'm again I'm talking about myself first and foremost because by nature I need to meditate. those that surrounded me always laughed I remember this one instance when I was four years old and there was a fight outside and my older brother and sister were hit there was a big boy that was hitting them and the father is telling me why are you so no you didn't didn't go and protect them but you stood there Observing, thinking. They were hitting your siblings one way and the other way. And I remember this event and I thought, should I, should I not? Well, why should I go into this porridge and and place myself in this situation? Well, finally I went up, I hit him, he started crying victory. And the father asks me, why were you thinking for so long? And when I was listening to the parables, I realized that I am like the son that reacted, uh, reacted, reacted uh, reacted late like the one with the stiff neck and I needed to humble myself therefore we need to make that decision and to fulfill independent of how we're feeling and when I began to be zealous for God I always thought there is a call pastor for example calls or in another church that I was a part of goes up to the altar. People would go up, they were crying and and I thought, how can i how can I start crying?" And I realized that I need to repent, and I'm incorrect. Well, then, how can I demonstrate these emotions or these tears and I just couldn't do it, but the thing is' in emotions. Emotions can carry us either one way or another, but we're talking about in the deeper in the deeper inner decision. Therefore, we decide to follow the Lord, fulfill His will, independent of our emotions. And this points to the fact that we are His cho- soldiers in His army. We have decided to submit ourselves, to submit our faith through obedience to the faith of God and begin to fulfill His statutes, independent of what prices will be poured out in. Having been clothed into the image of the new man and the image of the garments of righteousness, we, through the proclamation of the faith of our heart, these are that, those words that were accepted by us, they have dwelled there, they abide there, and then, we be, then the time comes, and to everything there is a time and a reason, there is a time to then proclaim these words. God says, proclaim, speak, take, that this time has come. And we are clothed to the proclamation of the faith of our heart, to the righteousness of the faith of our heart. Defining what the paths of the Lord are for us that yield the cooperation of His mercy with His truth, we, according to the book of Job, chapter 29, verses 9, saw seven components. First, it is the opportunity to give God the opportunity to protect us. And we have this opportunity. It's the ability to walk in His light, the ability to have communication with the Almighty, the blessing in the children that surround us, walking along the paths that are the oil that contains the mercy of the Lord. And the seventh, the right to have dignity over, pe- over our people and the nation of our calling. We've noted that the presence of the mercy of God over our tent is the image of our correct relationship to the delegated authority of God, which is evidence of the fact that in our life and over our life is present the veil of the mercy of God. When Scripture talks about our tent or mercy that dwells over our tent, first and foremost, we know that this is talking about us ourselves, because we are this tent before God. Scripture talks about when this house falls, we have a promise that we are going to be clothed into an everlasting house. There's a certain tent under which we are covered. This is the image of our body. We are talking about us first and foremost. In the the Vale of the mercy of the Lord is present when we have a person whom God has established over us and we cooperate with this authority. Under the condition, of course, that we accept this authority and we demonstrate obedience in the boundaries of Scripture. The sons of obedience to the faith of God are vessels of mercy upon which dwells the mercy of God and therefore the meaning contained in the word mercy is defined by scripture as a relationship of God toward the vessels of mercy. When God says that he is going to have mercy or show his mercy, this is only to the vessels of mercy. There is no mercy toward those who are not the vessels of mercy, but are vessels of his wrath. And there will be a certain day where God is going to play, put everything in its place, and this day He knows that, He knows when it's going to be. For every person, He places a certain day. It's the day of stumbling, the day of test, day of tribulation, the day of being risen from the dead, and the day of eternal death. It's a certain day when God weighs the heart, and when He comes and weighs it, you are weighed. On the scales that are found either heavy or light and now until this day comes we live everything's fine sometimes we say that the mercy of the Lord is renewed for us and we don't know that perhaps our actions are leading us astray When studying the purpose of the cooperation of the mercy of the Lord with truth, we arrive to the conclusion that the cooperation of the mercy of the Lord with truth is called to participate in the definition and the regulation of the norm of correct relations, which are called to be built first, before God and man, between man and God, between man and man, and between man and the whole earth. When we scripture talks about build yourselves into a spiritual dwelling and a holy place into a house of God, this building of ourselves is building these relations. So the purpose of the mercy of God to build these really correct relations on the foundations of holy scripture according to that will which God speaks of and the meaning which he places into it. Talking about the price or the conditions that are necessary to fulfill so that the mercy of God can dwell over our tents, we named seven components. I will try to quickly go over them, uh, and then we'll pa- we'll go on to the result of the mercy of the Lord dwelling on our tents. First, for the mercy of God to dwell over our tents, it is necessary to not make idols for ourselves nor any carved images. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 8-10 through 10. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, and those who love me and keep my commandments." So, the anger of the Lord rises when the people that are called by His name begin to create for themselves some kind of carved images or idols for that purpose, to worship it. You know, carved images, a person uses
1: his imagination in order
0: in order to build some kind of business, some kind of goal. As we hear, these worshippers of Mammon, what do they do? They always say, you must in your imagination place a goal for yourself. This year I must earn this much and then go and do it, go to this goal. And they say, if you don't place a goal, then nothing will happen. before creating some kind of imagination you know people are different someone imagines things on an earthly level sometimes a person creates certain imaginations and strive toward them to worship them these are carved images the lord from the very beginning said that this is forbidden it's interesting that these blind leaders and those who follow them how easily they are caught on this you know when i had for the first time read this book i forgot what it was called i began to read it and i saw all of a sudden that it is not tied to scripture at all and it's written that if you speak to if you listen to the speaker saying we will go to this city create, conduct this business you who don't know this is a violation of the commandment of the Lord and one person from our church who is not among us anymore said, Dima if you don't place a goal for yourself nothing will happen you must place a goal for yourself I place a goal I, I manifest it and I continually manifest that the Lord is going to help me I listened to him, and then all of a sudden, my my inside my insides did not agree. I realized you're not supposed to do this. You can't create these kind of carved images. You must place a kind of image. If the Lord finds it necessary, if this is part of His will, if He favors to me then the Lord, if it is pleasing to you, then that that which I am going to do, fulfill my heart with joy. And that's it. You don't just need to have this kind of uh, demonic strive to certain goals. For the mercy of God to dwell over our tents. Again, we can't have carved images. And the second point, when we hear the preached word, and then all of a sudden it's R- destroys our plans and there's a conflict that arises within us of course there's a conflict because we are ruled by our intellect and there's going to be a conflict that arises and then we're going to say well pastor I, I, he doesn't like me when I come to church he speaks everything about me ill. remember one of the kings when he went out to war in scripture with Jehoshaphat with the king of Judea he says call the prophets what are they going to say to go or not to go let's ask of the lord and then there were a hundred prophets everyone prophesied as one go the lord will be with you the king there will you will be successful just like the worshippers of mammon who are walking right now as stars that go from church to church and it's strange enough that they are accepted there in churches and they are allowed to the altar to the holy place and to the pulpit and they are given the opportunity to express these demonic ideas but King Jehoshaphat says is there another divine prophet a true one and do you remember Ahab says there is one but he's always going against me whatever I say he's always against he's going to ruin all my plans as soon as I decide for myself I will go there I will do this I will do that I will create that profession I will do this do that all of a sudden he he flips it upside down and then the king Ahab was an image of this carnal person and God loved him he see that this person was always under the inspiration of something he couldn't grow, he couldn't understand and why do I say that he was loved? because that king that Ahab, Ahab had, had had humbled himself later on
1: but
0: we know that those that are called they are the carnal people god's judgment will come upon them if they do not fix their ways says there is one prophet Micah Micah comes go king just like the other said go and do it When I go to pastor with some kind of question, and there's something, there's some turmoil in my heart, he says, "Go and do." And I start to worry. Maybe I need to ask 100%. Did I hear the Lord correctly? Remember the the king, Ahab says, I sw- please, tell me the truth." When we meet with the prophet of God in our heart, we must prepare ourselves. Lord, tell me, speak to me the truth. Whatever this truth may be, I need to fulfill it, and I will fulfill it. You know, when we come with this kind of heart to our pastor during appointment, of course, we are going to receive specific word of God. And Micah had said, I saw all the Israelites that were a sheep that were astray, they had no shepherd. And this prophecy was fulfilled. It says, take this prophet, put him into the pit, and people say, in this church it's difficult. It's difficult to find ourselves in a church, it's easier in another church. They think that they place the prophet of God in a pit, we're going to leave and go to another church, but this is a question of time that other church, people, they say, go, go, you will be successful, good, good, good. Well, okay, this good will be verified and checked by God. And when God does check, we will not envy these people. Second, for the mercy of God to dwell over our tents, it's necessary to not... Uh, to not touch any of the things that are accursed by God. Deuteronomy 13.17 So none of the accursed things shall remain in your hand, that the Lord may turn from the fierceness of His anger and show you mercy, have compassion on you and multiply you, just as He swore to your fathers. Again, we are talking about our tent. We are talking about how we're talking about tides, about what is hallowed unto God, that which is accursed to God, that which we must not touch, that which is Hallowed unto God Found in our control Just like our bodies first and foremost We are hallowed unto Him I want to do something for myself Change something on my face Do this and do that procedure Today People change their genders even How 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 disgusting this is, but they, a um, young woman, come out, and I saw in Poland, they go and protest against the authorities of the Catholic Church. They say, we want us to do abortions whenever we want to, and our body belongs to us. You and the government and church are not authorities there. don't my. It's my body, I can do whatever I want. Well, no. The body is not ours. For holy people, this 100% our body is not ours. It is the Lord's. I cannot with my body do as I please with it, but as the Word of God guides me to. And then the mercy of God will dwell upon me. For the mercy of God to dwell over our tents, it is necessary to make the decision to place a goal for ourselves in any circumstances to turn to the Lord and not to the power of our own intellect. Ezekiel 28, 6 and 10. Therefore thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of a God, you shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of aliens, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. God never. God had said, "He is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." And this was an exception. When God, from the heavens, had spoken to many people and they heard His voice, but this was an exception. But as a rule, God speaks to fathers. When the prophet spoke, they said, "Listen, earth, for the mouth of the Lord speaks." And they spoke the word. When a person of God says with the word of God and we begin to place our own under to portray our own understandings and we rely on our own intellect because we understand we think we understand it better. Better than the Lord, better than the person that has been appointed by God. I remember one person in our cell group, he has left long ago. He said, Dima, I love everything in the church, but I, when Pastor talks about the stars, uh, there's something that rises in turmoil within me because I talked about, I learned about stars in, in great detail. I said, you know what? You need to humble your mind and forget what you learned. These all kinds of teaching, a person, Learns and studies, all that we have studied, we've studied incorrectly because there's always new things happening because they are led astray. It turns out something that had changed or happened, everything was working, 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 and then all of a sudden we draw. Uh, When we got closer, when we were able to know more, then all of a sudden it turns out that everything was turned upside down, everything's incorrect, and we need to change something, and, and we don't understand what's going on. Sometimes we think that we have learned something and we know something. But when the man of God speaks the prophet of God, this is always going to be correct. Because he understands, he can discern what is spiritual. And we, of course, Jesus, as he said, he says, I've spoken to you of things, for example, like about vaccines, about stars, and you don't believe. How will you believe when I begin to talk to you about heavenly things, about that which is happening in the heart of God and his house and his kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit? through faith God will open it to His inheritance and saints will accept it with their hearts. And then in their mind it will all f- be found in its place. You've noticed when there is some kind of word previously this happened more often previously I had this at every service I stumbled fall and I thought Oh, I'm not used to this. I didn't read this correctly when I was young. I'll stop all of a sudden I need to we will. I will place these breads before the Lord on this table of show, show breads. We'll go forward and I will... This is the man of God. Perhaps I don't understand it right now, but I will. And I will tell you, truthfully, it's very rarely that I hit myself in the head. Sometimes if I do hit myself in the head, then I realize that, okay, I will place this before the Lord, I will place this as a bread and I will understand. But when I had previously uh, stumbled before and couldn't put things together, all of a sudden it became all uh, to be put in its place so harmoniously. And I consider myself joyful and blessed reading these words because I understand that this is the truth of God. This is true. These are the true words of truth. Some some day or sometime, it it didn't feel like this way, but I know that this is so. And a person that cannot humble his mind and he begins to place his mind equal to the mind of God, he will die from the hand, uh, the death of uncircumcised by the hand of aliens. This person will be uncircumcised for all eternity and will lead himself to perdition. person was called a child of God. A person turned to God. A person prayed to him, but then he placed his mind equal to the mind of God. Let this not come upon any of us. Fourth, for the mercy of God to dwell over our tents, it's necessary to, like God, be merciful to the vessels of mercy. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Proverbs 3, 3-4 through 4. To, bi- to bind your neck with mercy and truth and to write it on the tablets of your heart means to prepare yourself to showing mercy according to truth. Truth teaches us who we must show mercy to, who we must show us, uh, be strict with and who we must run away from and condemn before God in prayer. As
1: it is written, Jude, be merciful. A person may feel
0: like everything is going great and his feelings are on the heights, but this is the fire that will then swallow him up. There are people of whom Scripture says, I don't want you to pray for these people, or I don't want you to bless them. You must flee them. You must not communicate with them, because this is not what you should be doing. For the mercy of God to dwell of our tents, it's necessary to not boast of the flesh, but to be grateful for the cross of the Lord Jesus and to praise the cross of the Lord. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. This is that which according to the flesh, could be healthy, beneficial. Apostle Paul says, I do not want to rely on this or boast of this, even for myself. As soon as we begin… Well, I'm lucky I was born in a family of Christians. You know, it's difficult to say if you're lucky or not, or fortunate or not. You know, there are different kinds of Christians. And sometimes, this is a stumbling. If you are in the family of believers, perhaps you're in the position of an older brother. You never went off, and the other one went off. It's easier for him to return back. Christ said, "You, a noble people, they are going before you into the kingdom of heaven." The an opportunity to return to God for the mercy of God all over our it, Hence, it is necessary to sow ourselves in righteousness and reap in mercy. Reap in mercy. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness on you. Hosea 10:12. To sow for ourselves righteousness is by accepting the Messenger of God and hearing His word regarding justification to implement into our conscience the definition of righteousness according to faith in Christ Jesus. This is a teaching, this is a building, a spiritual building, which we are called to implement into our essence. In practice, this is to meditate upon what we have heard, which means to submit ourselves to what we have heard, to proclaim as our inheritance, which God has placed on our accounts in Christ Jesus. As pastor oftentimes says, who God is for us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, and who we are for us in Christ Jesus, and what we must do to enter into this inheritance
1: and the fallow ground this
0: is the land in the subject of those fears in our life that have not yet felt the mercy of God upon them but which are prepared to accept the seed of the mercy of God and the seed of righteousness which is given in salvation and salvation This is possible only in a strong city in the position of an organized partaking to the Church of Jesus Christ. And there are many places in Scripture that talk about this. So when we go into the house of the Lord, this central moment, we are called to prepare our heart, to prepare this ground. To prepare the soil of our heart, so that the seed can follow into it and it can be easily grow. Because if the uh, ground is rocky, we know that we remember from scripture, it tries to enter in, but then it will die off. If there are tears, if there are other things, there's there's an unsuitable land. We must we must make it soft. We must. Make our necks soft, right? Not be stiff-necked, Lord. I resisted your words. I no longer will. Today, I am going to service. I am going to accept your word. This means to to fallow and to till the ground. For some people, this this fear is fallowed. He has gotten used to this. He does this, but for others, this is not the case. And we say, Lord, you are going to speak the promise right now. And I am certain that each there will be something, something that is spoken for me. The Spirit speaks, but sometimes we don't hear, and this is our... This is under the condition that this place is the Lord in this church that, from which, the messenger of God speaks as a messenger of God. Seventh, for the mercy of God to dwell over our tents, it's necessary to fulfill to fulfill the word of those whom God has established to tend to His church. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. You know, my mother, she had a soft heart in nature, and I oftentimes had accepted instruction from her often, And being um, a young person, I said, Mom, how can I accept a prophet in the name of a prophet? How can I fulfill this place of scripture? She said, today there are no prophets. They just are like dinosaurs. They've disappeared from this earth. And I didn't like this inside. I thought, well, then why is this written? How did God give this to us? Offered a reward, now it's impossible to fulfill it. These are apostles, prophets, and then they had, that's it, no more. And then there's another piece of scripture that
1: God, that
0: there are no, and I found myself outside of these chains. I thank God, sometimes our, my mom, father, that love us more than their life. They take us and they catch us in the snare. And our mission is to be rid of this. Merciful is God who delivers us from these snares. And so we are going to talk about, I want to again remind you of one more thought that pastor had placed here. He said that we are called to not just materially, uphold the service of the Messenger of God as we are taught one of the instructions of my mother I had helped me and I, maybe I've shared this before that long ago back in Russia when I was very young I had heard from my mom a certain thing that those people that they offer tithes in this family they honor God with tithes and offerings this was among those who were uh, honored the sabbath. I said, "Mom, do we not do we not offer tithes? Well, we don't have enough. We have a large family. We don't have enough money. And there was always this always not enough. We so we sacrifice for the Lord," she said, "but we can't we can't offer tithes." And she with less said or she with desire said, "In that family, they do honor God." And this seed in a very I was perhaps eight years old at this time. At that time, it had fallen in my heart. It had fallen, and that's it. I remembered this expression of my mom. And then when I saw for the first time being found in another church, I found the first, I heard the first sermon about tides. I, I was exploded inside. I thought, doesn't matter what church I'm a part of. This does not matter.
1: It was easy for me
0: to accept this word because this path for me was already trodden. I realized that this was an important part and I will not lose this. The result, according to which results should we define of ourselves if we truly cooperate with the mercy of God and what not with the forgery? The first result, we're going to talk about three results today. There are more, but we will talk about three. The first result, the mercy of God is over our tent, will be expressed in the fact that we will find life, righteousness, and honor. Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-one. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. The verb follows means to pursue, to hunt, to study, to examine, to test, to know, to till the soil of the heart, to strive to fulfill in fulfillment, to fulfill the decree, to care for the cultivation, and to keep in its initial state. So he who follows righteousness will be this definition he cares for this cultivation of righteousness and so forth according to this place of scripture it is the observing or the following of righteousness and mercy that is called to lead us to gaining the life of god righteousness and honor according to which we should judge the mercy of god dwells over our tent. Considering that following righteousness is the practice of righteousness or the practice of justice that is called to keep uh, keep safe the, ha- the holiness of God in the time that God has revealed, that, that God has opened for us a certain time, wh- a certain time and limits we, which we must not step out of. God has given certain spheres which we are responsible for. And these are different spheres. Each one has his own burden, his own sphere his own territory. And following mercy is a kind of format of righteousness in which we observe so that the mercy of God would be timely placed in our address, or rather to the vessels of mercy. Timely is very important because Pastor oftentimes mentions this place of Scripture that Pharaoh um, Pharaoh was dismayed. Why was he dismayed? Because he... Uh, He missed the time that was given to him. God gave time. God gave time for Judah to repent. And he so called it. He came. He threw the money. He cried out to the priest saying, I have sinned. But the time ended for him. He had time previously. But when he, he overstepped, he couldn't come back. And he had committed suicide and killed himself. And so, time. Scripture says, having heard about this, do not fall asleep. To everything, there is a time under heaven. Right now, I am at church service. I am going to be present into the presence of God. God will speak to me His preached word. This is the time. This is the day of salvation. Lord, allow me to not lose this time. To cherish it, Scripture says. Because we are called
1: to cherish it, to value it, because this is a treasure. We should
0: know we must address the mercy of God to us as ourselves, and then all of those who are found under our responsibility. Lord, bless my wife, bless my children, bless my job and so forth but me if I am not blessed well what is the purpose of this you will gain the whole world and everything is great there and there but if you have not loved yourself according to scripture correctly if you have not turned this mercy upon yourself and first and foremost again we're talking about ourselves and then An altar is how it carries holiness. We are called to be this altar. And then we must offer these sacrifices. We must care for the altar. This is primary. This is the primary goal which we must look after. And those who make for themselves some kind of goals, this means that their altar is in neglect. They don't know what an altar is. They don't know what it is how to build how to build their hearts into an altar before the Lord. I think for us it's not a secret that the expression of the mercy toward the vessels of mercy is an expression of God's love agape. That which we are talking about this brotherly love this is the deposit this is the evidence that we have come from death to life because we love the brethren. Leviticus 19.18 You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Sometimes we are ready to love all people in the world. We say, everyone's great, but my brother, sister, wife, I don't know how to live with them. I don't know how to build a relationship with them. But in fact, Something is wrong with me, therefore I can't build a relationship with him. It is all verified here with our neighbors, members of the church. Here we are called to build blessed relationships and to be a blessing for one another. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Also, Galatians 5.14 says, For all the laws have filled in one word, even in this, you shall love the neighbor as yourself. Therefore, observing or following righteousness and mercy is the calling of all the sons of light, which Scripture identifies as His clouds that are sent uh, to some for correction or some for mercy. Job chapter 37 verses 11 to 13. Also with moisture he saturates the thick clouds. He scatters his bright clouds and this swirl about being turned by his guidance that they may do whatever he commands them on the face of the whole earth. He causes it to come whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. As a result of this observance of righteousness and mercy, the sons of light will be clothed in the life of God, righteousness of God and honor of God. We must F- pay attention to the fact that these three indicators have no relation to circumstances tied with the carnal world successes and so forth the life of god is defined and contained in the seed of the word of god that comes from the mouth of god which we receive through those people whom god has entrusted to whom god has entrusted and sent so that they can pass along the seed of his word of life to the vessels of mercy. First John chapter one verses one through four. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. Everything came to be that came to be, and without him nothing came to be which came to be. In him was life, and the light was the light of all men. First John chapter one, verses one through four. If in our heart upon all that we have gained as well as upon all that we have lost if we keep this trust on that word of god which represents in our heart his truth then this means that the mercy of god dwells over our tent independent either in our losses our achievements our gains our our losses of life we keep trust into his word we keep trust in his word This is that word that we have accepted in the preached word. Which pastor, messenger of God, he has expressed it and we accepted it. We must rely on it. There will be trials. Of course there will be trials. Satan is not so foolish as to say, you've accepted and then he is going to let you go off easily. No, he will resist
1: The... Это тот...
0: Righteousness of God is that level of justification that expresses itself and fruit of righteousness that has grown from the seed of justification which we had at one point received through instruction and in faith by the gift of grace and the redemption of Christ Jesus. He who is just, let him be just. He who is holy, let him be holy. Behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Revelation chapter 22 verses 11 through 12. If in our heart upon the gains and losses we are able to proclaim the faith of our heart in the format of the justice of God, which represents in our heart His truth, then this means that the mercy of God dwells over our tent. If we have this ability, then according to this, we can judge ourselves. And of course we can judge independently of what kind of difficulties a person has. Sometimes there are deep, of, deep trials, but he begins to speak truth that he has accepted. This means that The mercy of God covers himself, his house, his children, or for whoever he is responsible. The honor of God is the ability to be a letter of Christ that is known by all people, written through the service of the messengers of God, not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. 2 Corinthians 3, 2-3. You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Peter was known. Soldier was known. Priest, they say. Something is so familiar. Are you Galilean? You are familiar. He, was, he looked like Jesus. If in our heart, upon gains and losses, we can acknowledge our partaking to people through whom we receive the teaching about justification, which represents in our heart His truth, then this means that the mercy of God dwells over our tent. You know, previously, when I became a member of church, I was asked, what church you go to? I notice that when you say, Pastor Akadi right now there is this kind of reaction, but, bef- but before, their eyes were grew wide, like they were, jumped away from you as if you were defiled. And I begin, well, the Immovable Foundation Church. Oh, really? Well, what is what kind of church is this? Oh, well, this is in Milwaukee, it's a great church in Milwaukee. And sometimes people, like for them, that answer is enough, but some are curious and they begin to ask, well, who's your pastor? Pastor Akadi?" Oh, okay. And you see their, their face is completely changed. And, you know, I, I don't, um, I handle this so, so, so calmly and so proudly what kind of church I belong to. And I fulfill this and I see that the honor of God abides on me because I don't try to try to be lost uh, try to hide who I am and where I am from I say I am a member of this church and, and so forth and the Lord is leading us to perfection and fullness and soon we will not be here on earth and we will be gone and we have accepted this and have believed in this and so we will place a specific focus on the fact that it's not according to how we feel or to what circumstances we are found. We should judge the presence of the mercy of God over our tent according to the presence of these three indicators in our heart. The second result, that the mercy of God and the dignity of garments of righteousness is found upon our tent, will be expressed in that we will be an olive tree in the house of God. We talked about the first result. And now we are going to look at the house of God, the church. It's like this olive tree. Psalms 52.9, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. To trust in the mercy of God is to cooperate with the truth that has grown in our heart with the mercy of God that has come down from heaven. As a result of this kind of cooperation, we should view the property of a green olive tree that yields the atmosphere of the human heart and gives a person the ability to trust in the mercy of God from which it follows that the sight of the mercy of God that dwells over our tent is the state and dignity of a person to demonstrate, uh, be demonstrated as a green olive tree in the house of God. A question arises, what should we view as the house of God, which in this case is the place and the condition for the green olive tree that g- gives him the right to trust in the mercy of God? These exact words of truth, we're talking about them right now. There's a certain sequence and there's a certain exactness. The house of God in which we are called to demonstrate the property of a green olive tree is simultaneously the place of God's dwelling in heaven in the sanctuary, which represents the category of the bread of the lamb, and in an our humble and contrite heart. Isaiah 57.15 Remember, we hear this expression expression that these are three vessels that speak with one another. It is this kind of state of the human heart that gives God the opportunity to make us a green olive tree in the temple of our body, which is the house of God. It's necessary to know that from the position of a humble and contrite heart, God can reveal Himself to us and we can penetrate His depths and His perfect will. The green color of the olive tree is an image of the life of God in a person or the image of a burning lamp in the sanctuary of our heart whose burning is known as the definition of Christ, living in the heart of a person that places a responsibility upon a person to protect and represent the will and interests of the Heavenly Father. Next question. Who does Scripture view as an image of the green olive tree, or who does Scripture define as a green olive tree? Green olive tree is a tree out of the fruits of which is uh, olive oil that's created, which is called to serve as anointing upon the dedication of a person to God and the burning of the golden lamp in the house of God. We're talking about ourselves. If a burning lamp represents the life of God in man, or an image of Christ that dwells in a person, then a dimmed L- lamp, due to a lack of oil in the vessel, represents a person who has died to God, who has an outward appearance of godliness, godliness, but does not have the power of this godliness. When a person notices that his lamp begins to dim, then this is an opportunity for him to still do something, perhaps to do to do something. But when the lamp diminishes with a person in his emotions and his if if euphoria he thinks that he is still burning and this is unfortunate and a very unfortunate state that testifies that god has stepped away from this person a lamp in the house of God is an image of the moon in the subject of our renewed thinking, which we have renewed with the spirit of our mind, representing in our spirit the mind of Christ and the subject of the words of God, engraved in our hearts by the spirit of the living God. And therefore, renewed thinking in the image of the moon is
1: surrounds our
0: heart the soil of which is able to accept the seed of the word of every truth and grow it in the dignity of the fruit of holiness. Whereas the mind of Christ in our spirit, with which we have renewed our, the sphere of our thinking, is the sun in our spirit, which is called to rule our day in the face of our inmost person dwelling in Christ Jesus. If we can learn all of this and repeat it, this would be a blessing in our lives. Next question, what functions and temple of our body is the green olive tree called to fulfill what properties and what functions? Revelation 22, 1-2, through 2, and He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its tree and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. We are looking at uh, inside. This is where that river must be. The river of life flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb is the Holy Spirit pouring out in His power and wisdom from the throne of God, erected into the sanctuary of our good heart. We must, when we're talking about a a good heart, this is soft soil that must have an altar or sanctuary. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. John seven thirty eight through thirty nine. The tree of life is an image of a green olive tree, which is our new man in Christ Jesus, that is called to offer fruits of righteousness or the fruit of holiness with which God which God feeds from. Song of Solomon seven thirteen The mandrakes give off a fragrance and at our gates are pleasant fruits. All manner new and old which I have laid up for you, my beloved. It turns out this is a fruit for the Lord. You don't need to speak of this fruit to place it for as a showcase. You must keep it in your humble and contrite heart and to save it for the beloved. And so the mandrakes, giving off a fragrance, or rather the trees, uh, the leaves of the tree of life, in the image of the green olive tree, are called to serve. That are called to serve for, as healing for the nations is the life of, of resurrection that defines the dignity of the new man, called to spread into the spheres of the human essence. And when it comes time for a person to be called into the to the new man, to the life of God, which he has in the resurrection of Christ Jesus, he swallows death and heals the spheres of the human essence that have been. This happens when we proclaim the faith of our heart and are clothed in the proclamation of our faith, which proclaim the perfect will of God. The Lord has desired for this to happen. We also desire it. He first, and we have followed Him. When we found out His will, we rejoiced and said, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. I believe that each of us have said this in our hearts. When we heard that the promise of God is drawing near, that our bodies are going to be clothed in the resurrection of Christ, we said, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. How can we test ourselves? that our heart has the property of a green olive tree or not. To be a green olive tree, it's necessary to have partaking to the roots of Israel. If we do not have this partaking, then we cannot offer, we cannot demonstrate the property of the green olive tree in the house of God. Romans 11 verses 16 through 24, this place of scripture talks about how you are part of this olive tree, Israel. And Israel is not the one who is according to the flesh, but who is in the faith. According to this place of Scripture, Romans 11, verses 16 to 24, it's a long place of Scripture. We will, uh, our time is drawing to an end. According to these words, it follows that if in our heart, upon gains and losses, we are able to see evidence of our partaking to the roots of Israel, then this for us will mean that the mercy of God and the dignity of garments of righteousness truly dwell over our tents are partaking to the roots of Israel are defined by the presence of a kind of justification which we accepted as a gift according to grace through redemption in Christ Jesus and then having been righteous we begin to fulfill righteousness. Galatians chapter 3 verses 7 through 14 Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. In the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But no no one is justified by the law, in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ. The definition of the blessing of Abraham is the righteousness that God has imputed independent the law of works because he had believed God, or rather submitted the words of God which were expressed in the fulfillment of seven conditions. First, he left his nation. Second, he left his house. Third, he gave himself up to death in the subject of circumcision. Furthermore, fourth, he looked upon the inexistent as existent. Fifth, he was made a foreigner, a sojourner on this earth. He brought his firstborn, Isaac, on the altar of God. And seventh, he awaited the city whose maker and builder is God. If we have this result, then the mercy of God dwells upon our tent. If in our heart these we have these goals, if we enter and we search we strive and we have received the opportunity to made partakers of this blessing of abraham you know when we were made these partakers when we heard the word and we were ignited in our heart this had opened the opportunity to become partakers for today this will be it our time has come to a conclusion i was able to only go over two results according to which results should we define that the mercy of God dwells over our tents, that abides over our tents, over ourselves. If the Lord allows us, we will continue to immerse into this revelation further. And right now we are going to pray so that these divine blessings, these words can continue to be engraved in our hearts. Amen. Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ we thank you for your mercy that we have that we have accepted in the seed of your word regarding justification which you have sent to us independent of our works regardless of the fact that we did good or we did evil We all had need in your justification, independent of our works, as a gift of grace, through faith in Christ Jesus, through the preached word. We have accepted this justification, and we thank you, we thank you for it. Allow us to always dwell on this foundation. Allow us to look at this root of righteousness in us. You are the one who has begun this good work in us. You are the one that has led us into your righteousness, who has proclaimed the inexistent as existent. But we, according to faith, have accepted and believed that you have called us righteous, and we began to fulfill your will. And you had a mercy upon us. Because we have loved your city. We have loved the place of your dwelling. The place of your glory. We have loved your Sabbath and we have rejected ourselves so that we can follow you and be your disciples, and you have begun begin to teach us to keep your commandments and observe, observe them. We thank you, Lord. You have revealed to us the blessings of Abraham, and you continue to teach us how to be made partakers of this blessing how to be made partakers of your divine essence
1: your
0: holy church the body fullness covering all in all
1: your patience your comfort
0: we thank you for this glorious portion allow us to continue to learn and to not stop at what we have achieved allow us to follow the ground when we go before you to hear your word which you give us through your messenger upon this place
1: Allow us to have a softened heart,
0: soil that is prepared, that is tilled. Allow us to keep our hearts from the penetration of every foreign and sinful thought, satanic thought, Allow us to protect our hearts from all things
1: foreign.
0: So that you can rest and work in us along with us. We thank you that you, having begun this good work in us, will fulfill it until the day of your coming. You were once found in darkness, walking as sheep with no shepherd, but you have allowed us to find you. You have allowed us to discover our place in the body of Christ. We have found your wonderful order. We thank you for this order and we tremble. Building ourselves in love. Allow us to fulfill your word and your commitment. You have said, love your neighbor as yourselves.
1: Allow
0: us to demonstrate this
1: love. To
0: which you have called us to. Allow us to demonstrate this love and brotherly love toward one another. We thank you. You teach us. You carry us upon your wings.
1: You discipline
0: your inheritance. Nurture them as a bird nurtures her young children, as a father, his sons. We thank you for this glorified portion to be called and to be your children.
1: You want us
0: to be in the image of the likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ and we agree we will fulfill this commandment you have said be perfect as your heavenly father
1: you have given us this
0: image of perfection and the image of your son
1: and your messengers for two
0: thousand years represent this image and teach us to imitate them just as they imitate you. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to learn, to
1: be
0: imitators, to be transformed. We ask you that we be clothed into our new man. For you have given us this word And it does not return to you until we fulfill that which you sent it for. You have given it to us. Allow us to cooperate with this word. Allow us to meditate upon this word.
1: Allow us to
0: understand this word as your heirs. Allow us to pursue this word, to treasure it to with trembling, keep it, to flourish it in our hearts, to grow
1: it, to
0: look upon this word, to be transformed in the image of this word.
1: So that you can grow, grow this
0: glory, this goodness, this triumph, and clothe us in the garments of righteousness. We are going to continue to rejoice, and we believe that you are leading us into your rest you have said, Come to me, all you who labor. I will give you rest. We have discovered ourselves among those who are weary. We're weary with no knowledge of how to please you, and we have begun the search, and you have allowed us to find you.
1: Fulfill your action. Fulfill
0: by the power of the Holy Spirit. That which you have called us to, that which you have placed as a goal for us, continue to unveil this truth to this this goal and we will prepare ourselves for the future service, preparing our heart with trembling, to hear your word, to worship you. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And to... Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the hand of the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We will conclude with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, Dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.